Welcome to another episode of the official DigiMarkCon podcast. Here's some of the latest top-voted keynotes, panels, and masterclasses from recent DigiMarkCon digital marketing, media, and advertising conferences worldwide. Get ready to gain insight into emerging strategies, the latest trends, and best practices from industry thought leaders and experts to move your business, brand, or agency to the next level. I'm Postma and I'm from the Netherlands, from Zwolle, from the other end of the Netherlands, actually. <laughs> it always seems very far from Amsterdam, but the other way around is very, it's only an hour and a quarter from here. Um, that's where I built my, um, well, my content marketing agency, The Post. And I sold it two years ago to be able to, well, to dive more into this film and series uh, world. And, um, well, I wrote a book about it. It's called Binge Marketing. And I'm going to take you to Hollywood today to learn from the best creators of content. And those are the creators of films and series. So maybe one last question. Who knows this sentence? Who recognizes it? And I'm not talking about that last beer in a pub because I know <laughs> a lot of people recognize it from that. Now, this is what happens after an evening of Netflix. And at the end of the series, and you think it's the end, but it never is the end. It's the cliffhanger. So instead of the two episodes that you were, well, you decided to watch, you'll keep on binging three, four, five, and you can't stop. And that's a problem because it will take away a lot of sleep. I don't know if uh, you recognize it, but I'm very experienced in that fact. So <laughs> just keep on binging. And um, what I was thinking, because I, I was uh, watching a series with my two girls, they were nine and 11 or 12 or something at the time. Um, and we were watching these episodes and uh, of Once Upon a Time, it's on, uh, it was on Netflix, it, it's not anymore. Um, but every evening we, we, well, we decided after this episode, you're off to bed and they never went because, well, as an adult, you could say, well, um, I have a presentation tomorrow, I have to go, but children don't do that. Children don't understand if the end of the episode is there, but the story's not finished. But it's a human thing, a human problem, because when a story is not finished, our brain can't get peace of mind. So we argued every evening, and then I just dove into the subject because in daytimes I'm a marketer. And I thought, this, this is exactly what I'm trying to do create content that people just want to watch and keep on watching. But that's a very hard task during the daytime with brand content. And those creators of films and series are very, very, very good at it. And well, that's when we decided uh, to just dive into it and find out how it is that these creators of films and series know so well how to attract and retain an audience. And that's what I've been doing, and that's, that's what became binge marketing. Um, just one tip, if you have this, this same experience as I have every evening when you're watching Umbrella Academy or The Doctor or um, Only Bur Murders in the Building, whatever, you watch one episode and then eight minutes of the next, and then you can go to sleep. Eight minutes of the next, there's no cliffhanger. Everything is at ease again. It works with my children, so... <laughs> I guess it will work with you too. So that was just a, um, a little tip to get a little bit more sleep. And then what is this binge marketing? 
what is binge marketing? It, it's of course, it's, it's part of content marketing. Content marketing, everybody uses it. We need content, well, to attract and retain an audience. And I renamed it into binge marketing, which is a sustainable marketing strategy that allows you to build a long-term relationship with, um, your, with the audience through the use of serial content based on the shared interests of your audience and your brand. And that is the basis of trust, which will make you sell more. Um, so this is the definition of binge marketing. And then there are actually three very important, um, well, key topics in it. And I will explain a little bit more on that. First of all, it's all about audience development. Without an audience, content doesn't make any sense. And an audience is another thing is different. It differs from a target group. A target group is pointed out by the sender of the message of the content and an audience is decided by itself that it wants to be your audience. And that's a really big difference. And I think because I, I, I ran in uh, two sessions before this one and we were all talking about the, the first party data. And actually that's what this is. If you have an audience that really wants to consume your content, then you can get the first party data. So we're talking about audiences also because if you're talking about content marketing and content, content is uh, text images, is audio, and therefore you need readers, viewers, and listeners. And that's an audience. If it doesn't want to be your audience, it just walks away. It just blocks your ads as an example. To make it a little bit more clear, I am a target group to many, many organizations, but I'm an audience to only a few because I decide. In content marketing and especially in binge marketing, we want audiences. And you don't have to throw away all the, the target group descriptions because you still need it for um, product development or client um, satisfaction uh, service, for example. But if you are working with content, you need an audience. That's key in everything that you're going to do from now on with content. The second thing in binge marketing is that you always have to create in series. With only one episode, on, only one piece of content, you won't be able to build an audience. It's just one piece of content, people consume it, they let it go and well, your audience is gone. So why not create series and use the same thing that they do at Netflix? One story, a longer storyline, use the recap at the start of your content. What happened before to understand this, this episode? But also use the cliffhanger. It's, it's, very strange that, that in content, the content creators that films the series, that they just know how to do that. And in marketing, we just create this article and we're happy when it's, when it's published, but there's no cliffhanger. There's no summary of what we need to know from content that we have created before to understand what this one's about. So it, it does make sense to create in series. So use the recap, create series, create episodes, and also use the cliffhanger at the end. And this doesn't only count for uh, video. It's also, you can also um, use it in, in text, a series of articles. 
podca- podcast well audio is is usually in series so we can also learn from that and the third thing is focus on the shared interests what can we talk about what what is a logical thing for me as a brand to talk about um, and does the audience expect from me those shared interests that's that's core that's actually the sweet spot of what your story should be about so the shared but i will get back to this one later another thing and um this actually got to me in in june when i was to the, at the Cannes lion festival in france and there was uh, ted sarandos the co-ceo and cco of netflix and he said something very interesting we don't do live sports or news because we're on demand and this on demand thing is also very interesting if you're working with content your content should also be on demand timeless you don't know when your audience is going to watch it read it or whatever it's up to them when they're ready for it then they will consume it so that's also why i think binge marketing is a sustainable marketing strategy because we are focusing on evergreen content not the single use disposable once one pieces of content it's evergreen content and i think if you realize that your content your, your all your content is on demand it should be there it should be ready when your audience passes by then you will be you will probably be doing more to keep your audiences just like netflix does every month they are just working on new content to keep their subscribers just remember if your content is on demand you have to work harder to keep your audiences okay so if you want to start with binge marketing where do you start first of all it's a mindset twist you know it's we're talking about audiences we're talking about series cliffhangers recaps on demand things then if you want to start start by translating your brand story into the scenario of a great tv series and you can you can compare that to the back of a dvd or the summary on imdb if you're searching for new series for example but it's like one or two paragraphs um about what the content of your brand is about and suppose we always start with well we get a lot of documents of course strategies and brand missions visions and everything that's been done before but it's always written from organization side from brand side but if you want to share if you want to tell someone else what the series is about it's always from the third person that's all that's very um it's very handy to start with that in this series we're following the employees of blah 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 so what's the story about if you create a dvd what is on the back flap of the dvd what's it about and of course well this this should actually be the first question to answer what is your job with why are you going to create the series why are you going to translate your brand story into a series is it because you want to be a thought leader in your industry or is it because well, you need more uh, brand awareness this is the first question to answer because it this always well it gives you the angle of what the story should be about 
and I will um, get to an example. If you have a story, you well, there are four, four ingredients to, to create this story. One of them is who are your main characters? Just write it down. Who is the who are the characters that is that are the best characters to tell your story? And this adds up to the job to be done. If you want to be thought leader in your industry, it would be interesting to have your employees as main characters, if you have them, if they are the experts. If they're not there yet, maybe you could work with influencers. But who is your main character or a group of main characters? This is something many brands don't think about. In one article, it's an employee talking. In the other uh, video series, well, it's never a series, video episode. <laughs> it's, um, it's a client, for example. But if you think this through upfront, then you really can, can really start creating this series with characters that people well, can relate to or, or recognize after a couple of episodes. So characters is something to think about, and it's not just one, it's a group of characters, but is, is it, are these your employees? And maybe you can have some guest appearances in clients, but it is all key before you start with creating your content. The second thing is, what is the arena? Where does it play? Is it, for example, in, in your office building? That's the decor, but could also be in a hospital. And don't just think in, in the place where it is. It's also circumstances and time. Is it in a hospital during a pandemic? You'll get another series than in a hospital in 2030, for example. You can play with these things. It's all part of crafting your story. And then three to five themes, these are close to the key values of the brand or th things that you want to be uh, recognized for. If you start, if you, if you recognize that you're, well, um, writing down like 10 or 12 uh, themes, then you're probably writing down subjects, topics for your episodes and not the basis for your story itself. And the last thing is your genre. Is it documentary? Is it human interest? Is it humor, lifestyle? And all these things, if you have these four ingredients, if you have written them down, then translate them into this back flap of the DVD. And that is, that's the brief for all agencies you work with. And for all employees who are um, well, working on content for your, for your brand. And if you've done that, then then it's time to start creating well your content plan actually but that's um that's about seasons and episodes not everything at the same time just have this season of for example 10 episodes and you have that that one in q4 and in q1 you start with season two and this it really gives you peace of mind too instead of running from campaign to campaign also, if you create these seasons and episodes, if you create content in seasons, I don't know if there were some people who uh, were into Stranger Things. If you add a new season of Stranger Things, what happens to season one? It also attracts new audiences because people start 
with season one, two, three, four, etc. So this is also something you can do with your brand content. If you have seasons, people learn that in season four, and you have a, um, a flashback to season two, for example, you can refer people to the other seasons and, well, have them consume more of your content. And now I also know that people, no, well, probably a lot of you too. How can I get all my content into one storyline? If you're like Philips or Unilever, that's quite difficult. I can, I, I understand. But have a look at Marvel, what Marvel's doing. Marvel is, is well, creating one film after the other, one character after the other. You have uh, Iron Man, Thor, Thor has a new movie, um, uh, Black Panther, you can name them all, I guess. Um, but what they do very creatively, cre creatively, sorry, <laughs> is that they work from storyline into the other one. At the end of, um, I think it was Iron Man or something, at the end of Iron Man, there was a, a cliffhanger to Thor. And then at one point, they all work together as the Avengers. And if you compare all those characters in the, Mar in the Marvel movies, to brands, and you can work with this multi-brand um, strategy just like they do. Why create new brands, new audiences, if you can have crossovers from one brand to the other, from one audience to the other? That's also what Marvel does very, very well. If they need a younger audience or more females uh, in the audience, they create a new character or they revive a new character and use the audiences they already have. Second, well, I was always already talking about the Doctor. Um, Doctor Who is a series running ever since the 60s at the BBC. And what they do perfectly well is every year between, uh, I think it's Christmas and, and um, New Year's, they have a special. So if you think, well, I can't fit every, everything that I have to explain to my, uh, well, that I have to communicate about in one series, then do it like they do, with a special. Same character, same universe, uh, same theme, same audiences. Completely different story, just a start and an end in two episodes. But the audiences are waiting for it because we already know what's coming. We already know the characters, we already know the series. And that's what we want, we want to, to consume. So if you compare that to what you want as a brand, you can also work with specials. Question for the real diehard bingers. Who are these people? And now everybody's thinking about, oh, I don't know those actors, no. Um, this make more sense? This is, this is the end slide of, of season three. I was warning for spoilers. Season three of Stranger Things. But who are these guys? These guys are not actors, but they are the showrunners. The showrunners of Stranger Things. And what does a showrunner do? A showrunner is responsible for the storyline. He's responsible for um, leading the team of writers. That episode six still makes sense with, uh, with the plot summary. Um, but he's also responsible for the viewing numbers. 
if there are not if there's not an audience they don't get a new season so that's why i compare a cmo as a showrunner every brand needs a showrunner responsible for a storyline responsible for um the, the agencies that they work with with the internal teams external teams but also for the viewing numbers no viewing of your content no viewers of your content should mean no new season I'm a little bit strict in that moment. <laughs> I think we have a lot of waste floating around the internet. And that's not necessary. Okay, another thing, big thing, and I think we're just at the verge of, of this whole new industry. Um, this was last year, Amazon bought MGM Studios. Why would they do that for a lot of money? Because if you have content, you have audiences. If you have audiences, you can sell. And that's exactly what they're, uh, well, what they're planning ahead of. Because the next big thing is Hollywood meets, meets tech. I don't know if anyone of you has Prime, Amazon Prime. I've got them all because, well, it's education for me, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, but in Prime, if, you have, if you're watching a series on Prime and you press the pause button, then you get the database of IMDb. You can see who is... Um, well, who is in that uh, that episode or that scene actually? So who's playing in that scene? But also, um, what song am I listening to? You get the, the Spotify database. But what if you could pause it and just buy the dress of Sarah Jessica Parker? That's interesting, and that's exactly why Amazon bought MGM Studios, and it's just the first big database that they were that they were buying i think there is a, a really new industry um growing by brands creating their own series as well because of these things but also because audiences are in series they they love stories they want to consume the stories there are a lot of examples of that already very smart one headspace anyone following does anyone have the app of Headspace? Headspace, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> to get sleep or to, to meditate? To explore, okay, good. Um, but what, well, actually, head, head, sorry, Headspace is a commercial app. And you can uh, uh, guide to meditation, guide to sleep. And what they did is they created this series that they, that you can just consume through Netflix. And that's interesting because Netflix already has the audience. But what they also do is they work together with Sesame Street, create YouTube um, uh, uh, stories with, for example, Elmo. Elmo can't sleep. Just to get children in America already ready for Headspace. And Headspace is not just an app anymore. They're calling themselves themselves a, um, uh, a healthcare organization. Also for work, uh, work well, combination with work, uh, how do you call it, workspaces, I don't know. Anyways, uh, interesting that uh, Headspace has its, um, has its audience already on Netflix. So I think it's very interesting also for brands to invest in this series, in, this, in stories. People understand stories, you can relate to stories. And it's also what um, an, a Danish company did, the Danish uh, uh, ferry. Um, the ferry from 
uh, Denmark to Norway, and they created uh, a series where they asked a, a chef to get the restaurant on the ferry a Michelin star. And they created a, a seven series, um, it's a seven episode series from it. And interesting uh, that this data shows that the first episode, and I think, well, I know because it's from Bytes, and um, first episode always has a lot of viewers. But once viewers are into the story, you can see that the uh, view through rate is, is increasing until the last episode. That also um, makes, it makes more sense to create a series, serial content, instead of just one episode having viewers watching, well, one, two, three, four seconds, just have people consume the whole series. And that's, that's interesting that people are really exploring this kind of things. And that's also what I was, what I really want to state here, that we want to invest in viewership. The time people are, time audiences are consuming your content is worth so much of all the developments that I just um, uh, mentioned. And I think this is an interesting thing because Bices is like, it's a streaming service for brand film. It's interesting, there is a Dutch version as well, but there's also a global version. And I think you can see a lot of brands that have invested in series already or series or films or um, stories. And I think this is something that will be, um, well, over the years it will increase more and more. So this was just this was one part of all the um, the storytelling actually because it's about how you as a brand can tell your story to audiences to to have them uh, um, engage with your story. But on the other hand, you want you want to know what um, what is relevant to your audiences, and that's also something that I discovered by um, well by looking into uh, Hollywood and Netflix and. Um, some literary uh, uh, scientists like Joseph Campbell. I don't know who is aware of, with, of uh, who knows Joseph Campbell, but Joseph Campbell was uh, the one who discovered that every story has some kind of story structure. And they all have the same. It's uh, from religious stories to fairy tales to, um, uh, how do you call that? The history, <laughs> every story has this same story structure. And it's a 12-step um, well, 12 step wheel, and I'm going to uh, run it, run it, run through it, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I run through it uh, to, through uh, Finding Nemo. Anyone not seen Finding Nemo yet? Because I'm going to spoil this movie and all other movies from now on because of all the stories that are like the same, the same like this. So every story and also this one starts in an ordinary world. There's nothing really going on. In, in the story of um, Finding Nemo is not about Nemo, it's about his father, Marlin, because it's the hero's journey and the hero's journey is about a hero in a movie overcoming his fear and everything. And I will run it through. through. Marlin lives in the coral with his only son, Nemo. 
There's nothing really going on. But then it's the first day at school of Nemo and he has, um, he does a game with his friends and he says, I can swim uh, to the boat and I can, uh, I can, I can touch the boat. And then he does that. His father is watching him and he gets caught by divers. So Nemo has gone. And then you would say, if a father sees his son being taken by divers, you will swim after him. But Marlin is afraid of open sea. So he, he freezes. It's a refusal of the call. He doesn't dare. It's his, his worst nightmare to have to, well, swim into the open ocean. So he doesn't do that. But then there's always a mentor and that's Dory. And Dory is the fish with a five second memory. Don't know if you know her. She probably doesn't know you or for five seconds. And <laughs> but um, Marlin uh, well, gets just, just about um, enough uh, uh, tips and tricks and he gets more secure and he thinks, okay, if we can go together, let's find my son. So they're crossing the threshold. They're going after uh, Nemo. They're meeting friends and enemies, the vegetarian sharks, some turtles. Um, and then there's always this, oh, will it go right or wrong? And this is where Dory gets stung, almost stung by a jellyfish. But you can see we're still uh, halfway. Marlin has to overcome another fear and save Dory. So he does that, but then got stung him himself. And this is the part where you think, will he die or will he make it? Well, he makes it finds his son Nemo because of all the, well, overcoming his fear and making friends and stuff. And then you think, okay, movie's over. No, not yet. We have three more parts to go. Um, Dory gets stuck in a net and there's only one way to get him out. And that means that Marlin has to overcome another fear and leave his son to do it, to save Dory. He does. Marlin thinks, oh, wow, I feel um, much wiser and older. I'm more mature and we can all go back to the coral and live happily ever after. This is about how every movie goes until Dory gone missing and then you can start all over again. This is for every movie. Lord of the Rings, um, Frodo lives in a hobbit land, nothing really going on. Then Gandalf comes, comes into the, the village. He has to save the world by destroying the ring. He doesn't want to because he doesn't, doesn't want to leave his hobbit land. Same thing goes for James Bond. James Bond lying in a hotel or on a beach with a woman. <laughs> M calls, he has to save the world. He doesn't want to. Who is, uh, who is um, the mentor of James Bond in this case? Tips, tricks, gadgets? Q, right. Um, also Bambi, you know who the mentor of Bambi is? The rabbit, yeah. <laughs> Stumperture, we call it in the Netherlands. Stumperture. Okay, so every movie is like this. So if you watch a movie this evening or tomorrow or whenever, just go sit down and fill it out. It, it follows the structure. Maybe it goes from, from seven to three and, and back and forth. But they all follow this structure. And then why am I explaining this? There are two ways, two things that you can use this. One, just to create your own story, because this is also what people understand. This is what people relate to. 
we understand struggle, we understand ordinary world, we understand friendship. But why am I explaining this? This is also what, if you uh, apply this to your audience, they are going through the same stages. And I will go through an example to explain a little bit more. Um, HelloFresh, you know HelloFresh? It's those, those meal boxes that get to your door. Just an example, it's, it's created, so it's not a real case of them, but just to have you um, with me on this, on this case. So, HelloFresh, if you start with explaining it in terms of target group, Highly educated women with a good job and a busy social life, age 24 to 20, or 25 to 45, think sports and eating healthy are important. They love cooking and good food, but have too little time to be creative every day of the week. This is like a target group description, a short one. Then you also have the persona. If you work with personas, I always have like a hate-love relationship with personas. This is Sasha, Sasha's married and daughters, um, she's a communist. There are a lot of personas are communication managers. Have you noticed? <laughs> it's like they work well, well, can relate to themselves. Uh, health insurance company, well, you, you, you understand the idea. But what I want to, um, well, to, to rethink in terms of audiences is the ordinary world of your target group. Let's, let's point it out that way. It's, it doesn't matter who they're with, what they're doing. It's a mindset of the time that you, you are relevant to them. So the ordinary world of this target group is despite my busy schedule, I find it important to cook healthy and varied meals. Nothing going on. Just anyone can, can relate to this one. But it does create a domain. And the ordinary world of your audience is always, there's nothing really going on. I just living my life and you can come by or not. It's just creating a domain. So the ordinary world is the audience doesn't really care, but you want to know when it does care. So in the ordinary world of the Hello Fresh box, despite my busy schedule, I find it important to cook healthy and varied meals. meals. Then it's a call to adventure. What makes them move? Where can you be relevant? What are my shared interests as a brand with this audience? Well, it can be a lot of things. For example, I'm looking for recipes, quick, healthy, varied, uh, biological, also a possibility. Uh, I want more ver variety in my weekly meals. Um, how can I cook healthy meals? How can I organize healthy dinners? Th these are things you can get from your Google search or your, what are people doing on my website. But this is key. Here, here you can make your episodes. This is what interests people. And it is part of the domain that they started out with. But what also is very uh, relevant is what makes them stop. What makes them stop searching? It could be it's too expensive. I don't have time for that. Just if you put down all those resistance, then you'll probably have a lot of things that you can either create episodes about or just think, okay, this is not my topic. We did something for Dela. Dela is, um, well, life insurance. Is it, um, <laughs> and it, 
if you're in, in the Netherlands, if you're 25, then you are not allowed to be on your um, parents' life insurance policy anymore. Then you have to, to have your own. So there were two things. We could, um, there, there was a question to, uh, at the post, can we get that audience? How can we get that audience to, well, to buy their own life insurance policy? And research told us that people of 20, between 25 and 30 just don't think they die. So it's resistance. They don't die. They don't think so. So there are two things we can do. Or you create a campaign and you say, hey, um, you can still die. These people have gone before you. Uh, there is a club of 27. Doesn't really fit the brand. Or you can go and uh, you can leave this one because it doesn't work. And you can go for something that makes them move. You know, the call to adventure. Well, it's, it's, <laughs> it, does, it, it does sound like excitement, but <laughs> what we did was we created um, a tattoo series on uh, Instagram where people, uh, groups of people who have lost uh, someone dear to, to them and created a, a tattoo about, a, well, from, uh, as a reminder of the person. And this tattoo series was something that people could well, talk about. And, and this, this brought more engagement. Of course, it didn't sell directly more um, life insurance policy, policies, but it's just to understand that if the resistance is too high, then you choose another angle for your content to get people in, in, well, in your first dark party, um, in your relevance. That's what it's about. Um, in the same uh, example, we have to choose who the mentor is. Who will help my audience overcome their fear or their resistance? And in this case, we took, well, of course, with the, um, with the tattoo series, it was people who have experienced a loss. Um, but this is something you can, you can think about. It's also with, um, with the case I'm explaining here, you can use influencers, for example. Um, or maybe clients who have done it before, who've created um, the meal boxes before. And then the crossing the threshold. This is where people understand or they, they, they think, okay, this is interesting for me, let me follow up on it. This is the part where you lose people or you gain people. And then there's one thing. This is the, this, this is the part where um, in a story people uh, make friends and enemies and I think this is also something very much underestimated in content and in marketing because we all know who our competitors are but we never really know who our content competitors are. I wrote an article on uh, Frank watching I think uh, a long time ago already but it was about um, Knorr and Maggi um, from Unilever they're creating recipes well they're creating boxes with um, where you can just put uh, a fresh vegetable in it. But what they did is they created recipes as, as their content marketing strategy. But if you understand what the content competitor is, then you will run into all influencers, all um, TV chefs, all uh, recipes like the Allerhande. And that competition is just too big 
to put your um, content, well, to, to have your content winning. So this is something you really have to think about. Who are my content competitors? And what it will get you is an overview of maybe another angle to take, or who can I work with? Who can I partner with? I just saw, I think it was the last speaker, he was talking about contextual advertising. And that's also something you can get from this, from this wheel. But I'm far from ready with this wheel. There are still six um, more steps you can run through. But as I already said, you always have to end with a cliffhanger. So you can't just finish your story. And I think I'm right there. Thanks for listening to another episode of the official Digimarcon podcast. Digimarcon is the largest digital marketing, media, and advertising conference and exhibition event series in the world, holding in-person and hybrid events in over 40 cities annually across 22 countries, as well as virtual events and an international cruise. Learn more about upcoming Digimarcon events near you at digimarcon.com slash events. Thanks again for listening to the official Digimarcon podcast.